Our scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 46, verses 1 through 11. Let us hear the word of the Lord. The psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, those waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let us pray. Lord, we come to this time with thanksgiving in our hearts to know that we have each day as a gift from you. And though these days are, are different in our living, Lord, there's still an opportunity for us to be in your presence, to connect with you, to, to reach out to others around us by phone, or maybe we're um, in the distance walking by them. Lord, may you bless us to be your people and to receive your peace and your joy in this time. Bless us as we hear your word and as we understand through the Spirit giving us that understanding. Be with us now, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, we are certainly living in crazy and uncertain times. And if you've been following my devotions at all, you know that I've been talking about how my son is now home, working at home. Although, because he works for Northrop Grumman, at times he does have to go into work. My daughter we brought home from Biola, and she's finishing her classes in her semester via online. My wife is at home, and I am now working from home. And so we are all in this new kind of living situation because of the coronavirus. In this stay-at-home order, you may be dealing with many emotions. Maybe you're angry that you can't go out. Maybe you're sad or depressed, feeling lonely. Maybe you're happy. I've talked to a couple of people who are introverts and actually are enjoying the seclusion. Whatever you are feeling, I encourage you to process those feelings with the Lord and with those close to you. Do not try to suppress those feelings. Acknowledge that you are feeling these things and let those emotions be expressed to one another. In dealing with our feelings, I just wanted to start this sermon by, by talking about Nehemiah. And he has given us an example of, of dealing with his emotions. Nehemiah has been visited by those who had escaped the captivity, and he's received news about the people. And in chapter 1, verse 3, Nehemiah says this, They said to me, Those who survived the exile are back in the province, and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Fire. Nehemiah gets this news, of this, this troubling news of what's going on in Jerusalem. 
the province is in trouble, the, the walls are broken down. How does he respond? Well, we see in verse 4, he says, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He, he wept. He, he mourned. And then he fasted and prayed. Then he went to the Lord. He expressed his feeling, and then he took it to the Lord for the Lord to comfort him in this time. This morning, I want to acknowledge that it is an emotional time. And so as we're dealing with his emotions, I want to give us some practical teaching from Psalm 46. Today, we start a two-week series in living in uncertain times. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 46, and then next week we're going to look at Colossians 2 and, and Psalm 91. I remember when I was a kid, I loved to build, a f build forts. And usually the forts I built were made out of the couch cushions or maybe sheets. Maybe you did that when you were a kid as well. It was fun to build the forts. It was fun to kind of get away and hide away. But to tell you the truth, I built that fort to hide away from my sister. I have a sister who's four years younger, and there would be times when I just didn't want to be around her. And so I would build this fort, and I would, I would hide away in this fort. Well, the problem was is that it wasn't very hidden away, and it wasn't very strong. And so my sister would ultimately find me and find her way into the fort. The defini definition of refuge is a condition of being safe, or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. In a sense, that fort was my refuge place. And right now, we're, we're taking refuge in our homes. We're being asked to stay at home so that we, we don't spread the coronavirus more. So it's a, it's a place of, of refuge. But I've been talking to people, and even in the midst of their being home, they still don't feel safe. They still have fear in this time. Well, Psalm 46, verse 1, starts off, God is our refuge and strength. We are to take refuge in God's presence, in God's power, in God's providence, even in the worst of times, or should I say, especially in the worst of times. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8, 37-39, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is through Christ, who is deeply in our lives, that we have the strength and the protection to conquer all things. And it is in this truth that we find strength and we find hope. So we take our refuge up in Christ and we find strength in Christ, but we are also told at the second half of Psalm 46, 1, where it says that God is an ever-present help in trouble. It doesn't say that God comes to us when he wants to or when it's convenient for him. It says that God is an ever-present help. And he's ever-present to help us in our troubles, willing and waiting to help us. 
on Instagram, there is a new thing that's going around. It's a challenge called C10 Do 10. And so people are doing uh, 10 push-ups or 10 sit-ups. Yesterday my son got one to do 10, a 10-second 10 handstand. And then you're supposed to do it and then you post it on your Instagram and then you challenge 10 other people to do this. This is going around because people are looking for help. Help to keep them busy, occupied during this time of isolation. This time of boredom, really. Well, in the midst of all of this, there is still fear and stress. This, this Instagram challenge isn't taking away their fear and stress. Maybe it's keeping them occupied for a time. But there is one who is our help in times of trouble. And that is the Lord. The Lord says, I am there. I am willing and waiting to come to you to be your help in this time of trouble. How does the Lord help us? Well, He helps us by bringing others into our lives to pray for us. And in that prayer, we can have peace and calm. The Lord helps us by protecting us from harm, or even if some harm might come upon us, the Lord is there to help bring us out of it. The Lord helps us in pouring out His blessing into our lives. The Lord is there by opening our eyes to Help us see how He is ever-present, ever-working in our life, in our situation. Because of this, the psalmist goes on in verses 2 to 3 to say, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I have a friend who texts me from time to time. She's dealing with anxiety. And these feelings of anxiety she has are, are real. The, the fear that she faces in the midst of it are, are real. The issues that she encounters are real. And so we, we will text back and forth, and I will try to send her words of encouragement. But I know I can't take away that anxiety. I can't take away her issues, I can't take away her fear, but I can point her to the one who can, to Jesus. And oftentimes by the end of our texting conversation, her anxiety has lessened, her fear has lessened, and she's in a much better place because she has given herself over to the Lord. While we will have some fear in this time, it is a given, fear is natural. And often, a helpful emotion in times of crisis. But we don't have to let the fear overwhelm us. Rather, the fear leads us into God's presence. The fear leads us into deeper faith. The, lead, the fear leads us into deeper service. This all happens because the Lord is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Well, the psalmist continues in verse 4. He says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the most holy place where the most high dwells. Now, the river that is talked about here alludes to the graces and consolations of the Holy Spirit, which flow into every part of the church, which flow into every believer, to God's people. And he gladdens their heart, and he lifts up their heart through this river. It is promised that the church shall not be moved. If God is in our hearts by his word richly dwelling in us, we will be established. We will be helped. 
And so in this we trust and are not to be afraid. Jesus talks of this river as well in John 7, 38-39. He says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those he believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not been glorified. Now, we all want to experience the peace and the joy of the Lord. To be in this place, we need to, we need to let Christ rule in our hearts. We need to give ourselves fully over to God through Christ. When we are going through uncertain times like this, our faith is tested. We wonder, is it true? Is it solid? You might ask, Lord, are you really there? Are you really Lord? I would ask you, do you fully trust that God is in control? Do you really believe that God is Lord over all things? A time like this should cause us to thirst for God all the more, seek after God all the more. The comfort of God comes from the living water flowing in us by way of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit opposes the doubts and fears that come upon, upon us and, and wipes them away. We need to let the Holy Spirit freely, freely flow into us, removing our fears and stress and concern and anxiety. Now the reason why the, this section of the psalm is so important is because it helps us to understand that God is not just with us, but God is in us. Verses 5 to 6 say, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. If you look around the world, you know that there's much uproar in the nations already. But when this coronavirus came, it has caused even more uproar. Nations are trying to figure out how to deal with this predicament. And in many ways, there is much chaos around our world. But the psalmist speaks of God in these terms. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. There is power in God's voice. All you have to do is go back to Genesis 1, the very beginning of the scriptures, and see how there is power in God's voice. Time and time and time again in chapter 1 it says, God said. And when God said, when God spoke, things were created. What power his voice had as he was creating the world. God is all-powerful. Do you believe this? If you don't, then you don't know who God truly is. If you don't believe this, then you won't seek God in uncertain times, in times of crises. And you will be left on your own to deal with your situation. To me, that is scary. Cry out to God and ask God to speak into your situation. Max Lucado said this, Feed your faith and your fears will starve. Feed your fears and your faith will starve. We need our faith to understand who God is and what God can and will do in and through our lives at all times and in so many ways. Again, the Lord tells us in the psalm that he is with us, Psalm 46, 7, the Lord Almighty is with us, the God 
of Jacob is our fortress? I think it's important that we hear this a second time because we can doubt it. We may believe it for a time and then, and then we go through another crisis. There's more trouble that comes into our life and then we begin to doubt, God, are you with me in this time as well? We wonder. Many are wondering now. Where is God with us in the midst of this coronavirus? And my answer would be, He is walking with us every step of the way. Joshua 1.9, God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When my kids were young, they handled their fear in different ways. At night, if Tyler woke up and he had a bad dream or something scared him, he would come into our room and he would wake us up and he would tell us about his bad dream and he would want us to give, us, give him some comforting words. Tiffany, on the other hand, was afraid to cross the hallway and so she would just sit in her bed and she would call out to us until we woke up and came to her. And then she would tell us about her bad dream or whatever scared her. Now, if that happened again later in the night, the same thing would happen. Either Tyler would come in her room, or Tiffany would call out to us. Didn't they know we were still there? Didn't they know that things would be okay because our presence was with them? Well, yes, but they needed that reassuring that we were still there. They needed that reassuring that all would be well. The psalmist gives us this assurance by telling us again, that the Lord is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us, and He is our fortress. Behind Him we can stand and be safe. In Christ we can feel the security and safety that we need to feel, that we want to experience. Nothing else will give us this kind of security. You all know that I regularly take trips to Mexico, and that I'm always inviting you to come with me. I'm doing that because I think it's important for us to do missions, but I'm also doing that because I want you to experience what I experience. I want you to experience that God is present and active in other parts of the world. And as I take these trips and as I bring these groups, it is wonderful to experience what God is doing there in Ensenada, Mexico, when we go to the orphanage, when we go to the churches. When we see that God uses us to be a blessing to them, and when we experience the blessing of God through them, how wonderful it is to see what God is doing, not just here in the South Bay, but in the world. Psalm 46, 8, the psalmist says, Come and see what the Lord has done. The, the psalmist invites us to come and see. To come and see what the Lord has done. Has done, And then he goes on to talk about the, the various things that God has done. The examples are the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the, the shields with fire. Come and see God's judgment upon the world through desolations. Come and see how God causes wars to cease. Come and see how he overcomes warriors with great power. And on and on we could go. Come and see what the Lord is doing. It is important for us to regularly take note of what God 
has done and is doing in our lives. It's important to search your life. What is God doing in my life? What has God done in my life? And then you begin to realize that God is with you and that God is powerfully at work and that God can protect you in this time. The problem is, is that we are often too busy to come and see. We are too busy to take inventory of God's work. We need to slow down. And one of the benefits of this stay-home order is that so many of us are now slowing down. We're slowing down a little, maybe to enjoy our family more. We're slowing down to take care of our health more. We're slowing down to seek God a little more. And then Psalm 46.10 says, Be still. I want us to think about those two words for a moment. Be still. If you've ever had to deal with an energetic child, you know that there is no way that you can get a message across to that child until you get that child to stop, to listen attentively, and to hear what you are seeing. The same is true for us. We cannot really take note of our life, of our situation, of our faith, of God's place in all things if we do not slow down and be still. For me, the best way to be still is to meditate. And that means that I close my eyes, I quiet my mind, and I begin to listen for God's voice. Jesus told us in John 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. To listen to God means that we need to know what God's voice sounds like. And so you might... Close your eyes and you might try to listen to God and it might take you some time to discern God's voice from the, the thoughts in your head or from the, the random thoughts that pop up. But I do know this for certain. You will not hear God's voice until you are still and start intentionally listening. Once you are still and start listening, once you are still and you hear God's voice, once you are still and in the presence of God, it is then that God will speak to you. It is then that you will begin to, to understand how God is working in and through your life. It is then that you will be able to, to learn how to be content in all circumstances, as the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 4.12. It is in times of stillness that we find calm in our uncertain world. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Now more than ever, we need to take heart the words from Philippians 4, 6, where the Apostle Paul admonishes his followers to not be anxious about anything. We can know that God is in control and we don't need to be anxious. Max Lucado, in his book, Calm in a Chaotic World, said these words, The presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. It's the life of perpetual anxiety that Paul wants to address. Don't let anything in life leave you perpetually in angst. Statistics show us that Americans especially know about living in perpetual anxiety. According to one research program, anxiety-related issues are the number one mental health problem 
among women, and second only to alcohol and drug abuse among men. Stress-related ailments cost the nation $300 billion every year in medical bills and lost productivity. I remember when my daughter Tiffany first slid down the big slide. I remember going to the park, we slid down the smaller slide a few times, and then I asked her if she wanted to try the big slide, and she looked at it, and you could see there's some fear in her eyes. And I said, you know what, you just stay here for a moment and watch me. And so I climbed up the ladder, and I slid down the slide, and she saw me enjoying it. And then I said, well, how about you try sliding down it in my lap? And she agreed to that. So we, we climbed up together, and I put her in my lap, and we slid down, and she could hear me laughing and enjoying it. And then, ultimately, she decided that she wanted to do it. And when she finally, do it, finally did it, she, she enjoyed it. There's a little bit of uncomfortableness at first, but you could tell that she ultimately found a way to enjoy it. I know that in many ways, as we're dealing with this coronavirus and we're dealing with this time of isolation, it is not fun. It is fearful in many ways. But I encourage you in this. God is present with us. And if we can be still, we can know that God is God and that He will exalt Himself over all nations and that all will be well. He is our refuge our strength, our fortress. And we know that in the midst of this uncertainty, God will lead us through it. If we can be still and listen to God, then maybe we will hear Him tell us to help our co-worker, to reach out to our neighbor, to support one another as a church family. If we can be still and rest in God, then we maybe we will see the blessings of God in our life and appreciate our life all the more. In this time of isolation, I encourage you to take advantage of this opportunity to be still and know that God is God and God is present and God is active and God is over all things and God is there for you, willing and waiting to help you in this time of uncertainty. May you give yourself over to God and, and find a way to be content and enjoy your life, even now. Let us pray.